This is episode 545 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Riders Association of North America. This week on the show, we talk to American eventing rider Will Forgery, and we also talk to New Zealand eventing rider Lucy Jackson. I am Liz Halliday Sharp, coming to you this week from Hoffman, North Carolina. And I'm Paul Tapner coming to you this week from Wiltshire, United Kingdom. Well, Liz, I think we should be interviewing yourself as well this week. We're, we're not only going to talk to Will and talk to Lucy, who have both been on Winning Ways, but our very own Liz Halliday-Sharp has been on amazing winning form. Liz, come on, blow your own trumpet. Tell our listeners how, how amazing you were last weekend. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Paul. Um, well, I have to say, my horses have been just amazing, and um, it's uh, we we went to the Carolina International. We had a a full effort from our whole team. We had ten horses between us. I was competing eight of them, so it was a ten really horses. yeah, it was eight, a crazy eight week. Horses yourself, my goodness! This was a military operation getting there. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> and then two of two of my lovely girls that worked for us, they had um a horse each. And um, I'm not going to lie, I had a really big sleep on Sunday night. I was pretty tired. But um, but sort of the, the highlight, I Major think, of our part. weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The highlight of our, of our week absolutely was coming first and second in uh, the CCI four-star shorts, which is, is always a big event to win there. And it's one that I've been close to winning but haven't won before. So it was amazing to, I suppose, break some records, both being one, two, and also finishing on, on the highest score the event's ever had. So I couldn't be prouder of uh, both Fernhill by Night and De Niro Z, who finished on their dressage scores um, in the 20s. And um, it was a great event. It always is, you know, it's always a great event, but um, yeah, it was, it was spectacular. And, and then of course, um, uh, we're looking forward to interviewing Will Faudry shortly, who um, I'm staying at his beautiful Gavilan farm for the week um, before try on next week, which is usually what I do. And we'll have a happy household because he finished on the same score as me in the CCI three star shorts, but luckily was one second closer to the optimum time than I was on seven-year-old Flash Cooley. So, um, yeah, I think one he might have been. Second. Yeah, and that's all it was between the all win, the was. first place and the second. So you didn't take a double win. You took a first and second. Right. You could have almost been, you know, first and second in the three-star as well. I mean, you had two horses in that. I did. Both seven-year-olds, both spectacular horses for the future. And um, I have to say it was Flash Cooley's first three-star and uh, my goodness is that horse just stepped up and he's one I, I produced from a four-year-old but Prue Dawes bought him last year and has let me keep the ride which has been amazing and she was just in tears when he finished on his dressage score and um, what, a, what a cool horse and of course Cooley Moonshine who I was giving him a bit of a quieter run after he finished seventh in the three-star at Red Hills and also an exciting seven-year-old owned by the Monster Partnership so I think uh, we're quietly looking ahead to a very exciting Le Leon d'Angers at the I end of the year. I was just thinking that. Now, two seven-year-olds already competing in three-star. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they're presumably going to be jumping on a plane soon, coming back across to the United Kingdom, ready for a, a European campaign for the seven-year-old World Championships, the Leon d'Angers at the end of the year. So that's obviously their, both of their aims. It is 100%. And of course, Cooley Moonshine was very close to winning the six-year-olds there last year. And um, Flash Cooley was a little bit behind, but he's now really stepped up, obviously. And um, they will both do the longer format three-star at Ocala in a, in a few weeks' time. And then they'll have a much-needed break, like I always try and give our horses that run this early part of the season. They, they'll have a break, and then they'll come back to work 
later in the summer and aim for Leon. So it's um it's just very exciting to have such nice young horses that so we've that produced from a young age coming up. Leon, for those horses, they're very experienced for seven-year-olds then. You, you, you're doing quite a lot with them quite early because uh, that means that their long course at Leon D'Angelo will be their second long course event. Yeah, it will. And actually, this is exactly what I did with um, Cooley Quicksilver last year. He went and won the Ocala what was then two star, now three star, um, and then he had a break and he came back and then finished on his dressage score at Leon last year. So it's sort of a, a plan that Proven worked well method. for us. Mm. And I think both horses are, are very ready. They're very, very ready for this next step. And Ocala's a it's a flat course. It's usually a nice two star, so or sorry, three star. I'm still struggling with that. But um, you know, I feel like this is the right step for both of those horses. They're finding this level, um, they're very confident at this level now. So um We'll sort of see where we are, but um, hopefully my uh, my gut feeling is right and they'll have a good result there and then they can have a much needed break and um, sort of settle their bodies a bit before they come back later in the summer in England. Indeed. So not only were you in your winning ways, you were doing lots of FODs or finishing on dressage scores and uh, very flash dressage scores. You've already mentioned that in their 20s. So not only are you getting super flash dressage scores, but you're getting that magnificent and, and always eluded FOD, finishing on the dressage score. So, um, Liz, you're on fire. I'm very impressed. And, uh, you know, I think the, probably the one man that's uh, going to be just as happy to have beaten you just, just this once is, is Will. So uh, maybe we should uh, have a quick chat with Will. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show, it is international eventing superstar from the USA, Will Fodry. Will, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, well, I think it, it's kind of funny. Probably around this time each year, we like to have you on the Eventing Radio Show um, to talk about the fabulous Carolina International Horse Trials, which you have a big, big part of. You're very, uh, you're very hardworking to help this event uh, become what it is now. But this year, it's even better because you've taken home a win in the three star on your beautiful Mara Celeste. I did. It was a, a great weekend, and um, now it's a super event. I'm very. I'm uh, very proud to be a part of it. We have a great organizing committee and uh, great, great sponsorship, you know, led by Jennifer Mosing, who is um, a very godmother, doesn't even do her justice. She uh, uh, is an amazing support, but really stands behind us as a committee that to put forward, I, I said it on the weekend, is it, we want it to be obviously spectator friendly and very, um, user friendly for the people involved, but the you know, this past year, the last couple of years, we've really put an emphasis on making it making the compet the what what the competitors really want, really focused on the footing. We widen the galloping lanes and, you know, we're we're always trying to improve. So if, if people have any suggestions on how we can continue to improve, we we'd love to hear that because we always want to try to make it better each year. Well, it's always been one of my favorite events, Will, and um, you know I have to agree that a lot of emphasis is put on making it better for the horses, better for the riders, better for the spectators. There are great prizes, great prize money. The owners absolutely love it. There's lots of ways they can enjoy um, the whole event. There's, of course, live streaming as well and a great cross-country course. I mean, Ian Stark really builds a good up-to-height track. And um, tell us a little bit about your feel on the three-star track this year. I mean, it was a, a challenging competition. There were many, many horses in the class, I think over 50. Um, so what was your take on it? 
Yeah, no, I thought um, I thought the 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 field of horses was good. Um, you know, we always try to get international judges um, for our event and pair for each of the classes. Like this year, the three and the four star. Uh, you know, we had an international judge and then a U.S. judge that um, you know, so that we can do the dressage under really good eyes um so that we he kind of go i i personally felt like i came away from the dressage day feeling with with a good plan of what i need to work on and why you know I'm not, why, why why i'm losing points where i'm losing them um the cross country ian i mean you said it that he built such a fantastic track that really rewards forward positive riding and you know i, I whether uh, the, all of my horses this year, I had great cross country goes on them. Um, but one thing that I've always liked about Ian's tracks is even if it hasn't gone to plan, I still, I still feel that my horses walked away better educated. Um, but I thought this year the courses were great. They were challenging. Um, and, you know, really setting us up for the CCI L's now. <laughs> Whatever they're called. Get, get your head around all of our, our naming. I mean, the sport of eventing is difficult enough as in, a, in a name of itself, but now we've got to cope with plussing one to everything because, you know, it's a little difficult being event riders, isn't it, adding to add one to everything. But but we digress. <laughs> Mate, uh, Liz was on, uh, on, the, on the call a little earlier j- bragging about how many horses she had. I would say event. bragging and and <laughs> bragging. Oh, mate, she you should have heard her and going on about how good she was at finishing on a dressage oh, on, on so Gross. many of these horses. Now, Will, I do believe you can bring her down a peg or two because you, you beat her. <laughs> you, you you did. You you know she didn't win everything, did she? You you had the win well, in the three star. I, I I did I did have I did do that, but I have to say I, Liz is on fire over here. Um, no, everywhere, but it, it, hats off to Liz. I, um, I told a joke around in the press thing on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day it was, that I'm going to be picking her brain over the next two weeks because she keeps winning everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, oh, but, thanks, Will. Well, <laughs> no, she I mean, didn't. It's... You managed to stop her win one, winning one of those classes. So, uh, uh, you know, it's one of your home events, as you've been explaining. You're on the organising committee as well as competing there. So that must put a lot of extra pressure on it. And you know, how just tell our listeners how many rides did you have at the at the event at Carolina? I had six entered, um, and then I have a, a nice young horse. He was doing his first three star, and he just showed his inexperience on day one and two um i the four-star dressage was right next to the three-star dressage and about halfway through my dressage test the horse in the four-star ring just had a proper meltdown and which set my horse off they ended up actually retiring in the dressage on that one so he was he got a bit lit up and then he was a bit stargazy in the show jumping so i withdrew him um before the cross country and I'm going to kind of go back to the, go back to the education board with him. But, um, so I had, and then my advanced horse Hans Damp, I withdrew before cross country. So I only had four going, doing the cross country, but. Oh, so you only, you only got half the quantity that Liz got. See, see, that's is where that's, you you know, you said you're going to ask Liz for some tips. Maybe it's just the quantity. You just need to ride. (laughs) Well, at least, uh, at least Will didn't fall in the water (laughs) jump on the last day. Like I did. 
Oh, <laughs> that brought me down mighty, with a hit. <laughs> how the mighty do fall. We got we got a wet lid. Oh, oh my gosh. Let me tell you, at, at 8.30 in the morning when it was 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which is zero Celsius for those UK listeners, let me just tell you, a full face plant into the water was not what I had in mind. But it's part of our sport, isn't it? Some days you're winning, some days you're... Re- retiring some days you're very very wet and going back for a change of clothes before your next one so it's it's, it's actually been a topic of conversation over here in the uk uh just recently about social media and you know we're all aware of social media and we're aware that becoming aware that social media is a very filtered environment people tend to only put positive things on there and if you're not feeling so good yourself you go on there and you see all your mates and all your colleagues and everybody else you follow having this most amazing time you know nobody ever really puts on the the down part the downsides on social media you know and and as Will's just explained himself you know he had some troubles in the dressage he had some withdrawals and because the horses weren't ready and he's had to go back to the drawing board with some of them but you 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 had a win as well so there's that's all and Liz, you're exactly the same at the same event. You had this most amazing form of winning all these events, but you also had a, a, a fall off in the water jump. So our sport <laughs> is just a, a, an amazing uh, roller coaster of ups and downs. So it's a great uh, leveler, indeed. You know, it's, <laughs> great, it's fantastic, yeah. fantastic for our listeners to hear that both of you guys have you know, the ups and downs in one event, uh, it, you know, it, it puts, certainly puts a, a perspective on it for everybody else. Now, Will, I just want to quiz you a little bit about the whole organizing as well as competing, because I know in America and certainly Australia, it's it's a, it's something that has to happen because um, sometimes there's not always the quantity of people we need to run these events or or the passionate people are both the riders and the and the organizers. So there's a, always a bit of a crossover in our sport. How does that make, you know, on the day at the at the event, do you have a lot of extra duties as a as a organizing committee member or is it just focusing no, on the I, horses? No, I I kind of go I <laughs> we have a great committee and it's made up of, um, you know, obviously me as a rider, Bobby Costello is on the committee who, um, you know, used to ride, went to the Olympic games in Sydney and he's, um, so, and then we have, you know, an owner on the committee and we have really, you know, good organizers. Um, and they all know, and I, and I, and I'm always very upfront with them, you know, come Monday of the week of the competition, I have to go into my competitive mode and, um, my competitor mode. Um, but we do so much, so, so much, so many preparations before the event. We have Jane Murray, who's one of the co-chairs. She is incredibly organized and, um, really focuses a lot on the fundraising and, and, um, and putting the things together. But I mean, we have meetings throughout the year um, and we, we love hearing feedback. I mean, that's one thing that like Bobby and I, you know, last year, you know, I, I reached out, I sent, well, Liz was saying, you know, staying with me. So I asked her questions and, you know, we reached out to Philip and Buck and Boyd and all those guys, what can we do to improve? And then we take that back to the committee and, but as far as the week of the competition, I, I go into uh, focusing on my horses. And luckily, we have a strong, really strong committee that I'm able to do that. But I think it's very important with, with events that, that, that you do have. You have to have a mix of people in these organizing committees because, like, you know, 
Bobby and I, it's very easy for us to say, no, the footing has to be a priority. The grass has to be a priority. Where when you go to like the board of directors of the horse park, they're like, well, we want, you know, the spectators aren't going to care if the grass is green or the, you know, the footing is consistent. They want a trade fair. So, you know, you got to, I think you have to have people that are going to focus on different areas of event that is going to, come together, put together a really good picture of everything, if that makes sense. Well, and I think, well, um, that's that's something that keeps improving at Carolina, doesn't it? And it's um, it's a great event for the owners and the sponsors as well. And I think that's, that's a big thing that many of the events in the United States could improve upon. Um, all of my owners came um, this time around, which was really great. And they had a wonderful time. You know, there were sponsor tents they could go to where they could have food and they could have a drink and enjoy all the phases uh, the right sort of way, the way they want to when they haven't seen yeah. their horses run for a while. There is an excellent prize giving complete with a podium and, you know, lots of exciting things happening. Um, we, the live stream was improved. I think we had live interviews as well. So all these things um, are a huge deal. And I know that it must be a lot of outlay from the sponsors that help this event. And, and I think it's amazing that you've managed to keep that going. And, you know, I, I hope that more riders continue to come because, in my opinion, the ground was very good. I know there was a mix of weather here and there before, but the ground was great. My horses all came out of it very well. Um, we felt it was a good competitive track like we always look for and real prizes and prize money, which is very hard to find in our sport. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the prize money, I think that's something that events around, you know, none of us are getting rich riding event horses <laughs> and um you know the you, you're not going to get prize money for competitions if you don't go out and 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 ask for it and um you know it's i i that's a an area of focus that you know i have i have an i had an I, idea um and we tried to get it in in the works for this year but we couldn't quite get it done with insurance purposes but like i I brought forward of doing the um, Carolina slam. And if the same person, you would have to pick the, you know, pick the horses and the, hor the horses wouldn't have been able to run at one level above the, they wouldn't have been able to compete above the level that they were at unless it was the four star. Um, uh, but if a rider wins the, the two, three and four star, they get, I originally wanted a bonus, like do like a million dollars, um, but the insurance premium was outrageous on that. So then we were trying to go for two hundred and fifty thousand, and that that's a there's different ways that you know, and if more events can start to come up with, I know Jersey Fresh, they uh, Brendan Furlong says, you know, if a horse wins the three star and comes back the next year and wins the four star, he'll give them twenty five thousand dollars cash. And wow. if we can get more events thinking, how can we do? How can we bring more money more money into the competitors hands that that isn't necessarily um you know you could win it on three different horse three different horses owned by three different people so you know it, it would be a rider prize and that's going to really but there, if we constantly as organizing committees and as riders keep pitching ideas to different competitions that can bring more um more cash prizes i think we need more of that in eventing. For sure. And, 
You know. Absolutely, Will. And uh, it's great to hear you talking about a few different ideas rather than just uh, sticking your hand out for more money uh, and saying we deserve it because it, that's that's not going to get us uh, the extra sponsors and the extra money. But certainly uh, we are very, um, uh, you know, happy to hear that you're really pushing all of these ideas and pushing for the, the great for competitors and a great event for spectators uh, and a great event for sponsors you know let's look after the sponsors and make it worth their while to give us their money so will how how can our listeners follow you um you've, you're a regular on the show but how can they follow you you're on instagram you're on facebook what's your chosen um, method yeah, of social I'm media on, i'm on i'm pretty bad at social media but i am on instagram which is just fodry w my last name w and then uh, Facebook, Will Fodry Eventing. Go and like that page and we'll try to keep everybody up to date on that. The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of writers, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is New Zealand eventing rider Lucy Jackson. Lucy, welcome. Good evening. It is evening here, so uh, it's a truly international feel, as always, to the Eventing Radio Show. Uh, me being Australian, living in the UK, Liz being American, who's actually in America for once this time. She's over there in America. Say hello, Liz. Oh, hello. Oh, there she I'm goes. There. Yes, that, <laughs> that, that, that divide across to the Americas, it took a while there for the Technology's amazing. <laughs> and, and Lucy, where are you at the moment? I love playing this game. You look at... You're in you're New Zealand, but you do live in the UK, and you are in the UK in the moment, but whereabouts in the UK are we calling you from? I'm currently in Woolwich, which is in southeast London, where my other half is CEO of the King's Troop, so they fire the gun salutes for all the royal occasions, the state visits, etc. So it's pretty, yeah, diverse chat. Does, that, does that mean we're about to wow. have a big gun salute in the background? Are you in there on official business? I'm in there on official business being an army wag, which very rarely happens. And I'm now, <laughs> it, it's going to be awful. But if we get to, um, I think, near eight o'clock, I'm going to have some sort of curtsy bow nod and drop you. <laughs> <laughs> and run back in and do your in official. Fa- in favour of the royal family. <laughs> you do your official royal family duty. So I, I'm, we are yeah. very privileged that you've left your, um, you're in the middle of your royal uh, king's troop uh, function <laughs> and you've come out to talk to all of our listeners of the Eventing Radio Show. Liz, we're so privileged. In black tie as well. Can you imagine? Oh, wow. oh we need a photo. We need a selfie that we can put up on the, on the website now. Absolutely. Now, we definitely uh, need that selfie, but that's we're not ringing you because you are such an amazing wife to your amazing husband who is an amazing horseman also, and uh, I will encourage anybody to, to follow uh, your husband's progress as well as your own. But Amazingly, you, we're also not married. Just couldn't keep yeah. that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, yeah, okay. What? But you've, <laughs> anyway. you've been 
you've been doing a little bit of eventing at, at quite a successful high level. Um, Gatcom on the weekend, Gatcom Park, another royal uh, a, um, venue there. And uh, the top class, the advanced intermediate, we're still quite old school in our naming of our classes at British uh, Eventing. Uh, we're not going in four stars and five stars just yet. But the advanced intermediate was the top class of the Gatcom uh, Spring Show. And uh, Lucy, a win. A red rosette. It's so important, isn't it? It's so silly, but um, no, absolutely thrilled to get the get the result. It's a it's a cool class. It's a good early indicator of of you know horses that are on form and and, and heading for big things in the spring. So um, hopefully, it's form we can continue. And Lucy, what's uh, what is your plan for the spring? I mean, it feels odd to me. I've been eventing my horses since sort of well, the young ones since late January and then early February, and we're sort of off and running here. And um, the UK is just sort of just getting started, but it feels like badminton is just around the corner. Is that where you will be heading? In my dreams, I think badminton will <laughs> hopefully be next year a project with this horse. He is a really super smart 10-year-old, and I'm hoping that he'll be Brahman bound. So the CCI four-star long format in Newspeak, I was taking a bit of getting used to. Um, uh, well done, that was a good enough for him. Thank you. I tried hard. It took a bit of practice. Um, and he's he's always been a really exciting horse, um, you know, right through the grades. He's sort of flashy looking and good moving and good jumping. And um, my other half, actually, Harry, refers to him as a football academy squad member who is very well paid with a great hairdo, lots of girlfriends, a smart car, a massive fat seller and has actually yet to score a goal. And this is the first of hopefully many goals with, um, you know, winning at the weekend. And it's not an enormous class in terms of the size of the fences or the the challenge of the competition, but it's still a very competitive class. And it's, as I say, hopefully an indicator of things to come. Well, tell us, uh, tell our listeners, what is this very flashy, handsome man's name? Your horse, that is. And um, how can, uh, you know, obviously we'll want to be watching his success on his way up to Bramham. Yeah, he's he's called Stinky at home, um, and his superstition is his proper name. Um, he's quite trendily German uh, bred, with quite a lot of thoroughbred in there. Um, I'm a huge thoroughbred fan. I'm closely linked with the racing world, um, and he was actually uh, backed by my sister, who was um, full time in breakers at the time um, up in Rutland, so middle of England. And she sweetly rang me and said, "Loose, loose." It's a really nice one. It's a really nice one. Um, and I think you should try and buy it. So having just sold a decent horse of mine that I bought over from New Zealand, I did have a tiny bit of cash. So I scraped that together, bought him. And then the pressure of owning a really smart one with a huge future is too much for me to handle. Um, so I managed to persuade my best owners who have owned my very best horse ever called Willie Do into buying this young horse as a sort of Willie Do understudy and that he has been until Willie Do retired from from my string at the end of last season and he's now having a wonderful time doing B100s with my head girl so it's about time that Superstition or Stinky stepped up to the plate and <laughs> Stinky. good way to start <laughs> I love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so that that's a fantastic story. I like that, and we do like it when owners reinvest, and it, and it's successful for them because uh, you know it's a real journey. Some owners just have the one horse. Some some owners have hundreds of horses, and 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 every sort of guys in between. So um, without the owners' support, we we certainly as event riders couldn't do it. Now now, Lucy, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself that perhaps don't know you in terms of. Um, what your you mentioned Willie do your 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 top horse but your your day job is that event riding well that's a great question tapez uh that's a lot and probably quite a long answer i'll i'll keep it brief i was lucky enough to event as a child um with with ponies that mum my mum was involved in horses originally my dad is strictly not he's six foot eight which uh two meters five <laughs> i think um, uh, so he's not not into the horses. So we were always lucky and encouraged to just bring on and produce and do whatever each horse was good at. So it didn't matter if it was a mounted games pony or it was into hunting or it was into show jumping. We just you know try and make... oh, can you hear that? Are you are you about to get run over by a lot of horses? <laughs> <laughs> You don't get much more authentic than that. That's that's very authentic. <laughs> yeah, you weren't lying about your location. That's extremely authentic. <laughs> I didn't best play on the record machine. Um, so then, where are we? We were going back to, I, I rode as a child. Then I was encouraged by my non-horsey dad to get a proper job. So I studied as a physio with the vague intention that I would eventually become a horse physio. Ironically, in the English system, you have to train as a human physio first to get good at it, and then you're allowed to become a horse physio. Um, while I was at Union Bristol in the south of England, I met a Kiwi guy who I then chased back to New Zealand. Um, <laughs> got married, got unmarried, came home again, worked for 10 years as a physio, not really eventing, but came home with a vague dream of trying to pursue the horses full time um, and was lucky enough to actually have a polo pony that took me three star in New Zealand and was um, good enough to be on the long list for Beijing Olympics. Retrospectively, I was miles off the pace. I was not anywhere near being good enough or ready enough or the horse wasn't you know, of a caliber that was going to be competitive over here back in, the, in Europe. But it, it sort of fueled the fire and, and got me interested in brought me back to England um, and then as I'm afraid is the sort of necessity with the sport you have to sell things to keep the dream alive so I sold him went to Ireland bought two young horses one of which took me to my first Rolex uh, in the States and he then was also sold which allowed me to buy a half share in Willie Do who um, was a very nice intermediate horse at the time introduced me to these amazing supporters of mine the Greenleys um, who very sweetly, after a year, I was so excited to sell the half share in Willie Dukes. We added so much value. They bought me out so that he could stay with me. And he then has been on incredibly to do Graham, Blenheim, Burley, Badminton, Arkin, the World Games. Um, you know, sort of fulfilled a huge number of dreams for me. Um, and, and as I say, introduced me to this amazing family who are the Greenleys, who now own Stinky. Wow. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Story. I love that story. 
Because I, you know, I sort of knew little little bits about you, Lucy. You know, I knew you'd kind of been to New Zealand. I knew you'd been married before, but I never knew sort of all the ins and outs and all, all your different jobs. And I think that's brilliant. Wow. We love hearing sort of the route that all the event riders go to and, and how they've come back to their sport. And, and of course, it's not just about yourself and your other half these days. You do have a little one as well, who's who's quite, quite small still, isn't he? And you've you've come back and you're absolutely smashing it in your eventing career, despite being a mother. It's definitely um, Evie Wallace, so she is going to be two at the end of May, and it, it puts a new perspective on, on various things, but I think largely in a good way, um, you, you, you tend not to think that your life is at an end when you annoyingly have a pole because you added a stride, and um, you realise <laughs> that actually we can deal with these little situations and we can you know, move on and hopefully do a better job. And um, in a way, it's readjusted my focus because my business is now largely thoroughbred related. I'm, I'm heavily involved in pre-training racehorses for a, a brilliant national hunt guy called Kim Bailey. Um, I retrain racehorses that are finished on the track to go team chasing for an owner of mine or eventing. I've got a couple of thoroughbreds that I'm bringing on up the grades. And in a way, I suppose that has been a result of having Evie is that I needed to find a way to make more money in a shorter time frame I have now not got the time necessarily to be at 20 shows a week um you know with 30 horses and I had to find a way to be able to enjoy my eventing and be good at my eventing because that is still my goal but at the same time make it a very commercial operation within a, a limited time frame well, I think that uh, our listeners will be under no illusion that you are achieving those goals. Um, it's fantastic <laughs> that you can um, come, you know, embrace motherhood in this uh, amazing journey that is your eventing career uh, and, and have so many other things uh, going along along with it, including, uh, as we've heard this evening, you're, you're at this uh, very important King's Troop Royal Function, which I am sure if we keep you on the phone any longer, we will uh, get, you know, uh, we'll get you shot. Uh, and we don't want that or, yeah. or deported or something of the kind, beheaded, you know, or, you know beheaded. beheaded. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Sure yeah, that that, that still happens in England regularly. That's, exactly. Yeah. Let's not hold back. Let's just be headed back. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, I presume there is some social media that our our, our listeners can follow you on. Is it on Instagram, your favourite social media tipple, or is it? I'm I'm really old-fashioned. I'm I'm still Facebook, um, and my Lucy Jackson eventing page is probably not as fun as my Lucy Jackson uh, page, but. But we'll encourage people to find you on Lucy Jackson Eventing on Facebook. Um, And everybody will look forward to following Stinkies, which is the best name for a horse ever, Stinkies Progress. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute honour and a pleasure to be with you this evening. Thanks, Lucy. It was great. Well, Liz, I really enjoyed that show. I love chatting to Will and uh, I love winding you up about the fact that, uh, you know, you let Will beat you. I can't let you let, uh, you know, how did you let Will beat you on one horse? <sighs> you had double the number of horses he had. Um, you know, come on, girl power. Oh. You're supposed to keep kicking us boys' butts and all that sort of thing, you know. But no, he got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, what I said to him was... Uh, I think if someone had offered me second place and that huge three-star on a seven-year-old doing his first one at the beginning of the week, I would have been pretty happy. So it's a, it only sort of really makes you upset when you go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I lost it by one second. But, um, so hang but no. On was it one second that you were too fast or you were Yes, too I was too fast because uh, we were on so the you same were both score. Under the, you were both under the, the optimum time. 
Yes, but what was interesting, Tappers, is we were tied for third place, and ah. then second place had a problem. First place had a time fault. So when I finished, I just thought I was thrilled the horse had gone inside the time. He'd only done two intermediates, and this was his first three-star, and I was just thrilled that he'd gone so well, and he was brilliant. So I didn't even think that I could have possibly been challenging for the win until uh, my other half texted me and said, oh my gosh, we'll beat you by just one second closer to the optimum. And I'm like, so I'm in second place? Cool. But of course I'd rather win, always. But, um, <laughs> but it's fine. If I'm going to Especially somebody, I'm happy given, to lose to Will. Uh, <laughs> so I'll stop being such a good sports person, oh, Liz. Especially go. given that you could have easily gone slower and gone closer if you yes. just had you just paid attention it. to your yeah. watch hey, right. how many seconds faster i'm, I'm just gonna, i'm not gonna let this go because i can um <laughs> how many seconds under the optimum time were you liz uh, i'm trying to remember not that many oh, like I, uh, six I, you seconds, know exactly seconds? Six no seconds. i really don't <laughs> so you were six seconds under he was five seconds under so you could have been at oh, least God. three or four seconds slower and you still yeah. would have beaten him oh i know how many seconds under the time i was on both my four star horses funnily enough but um uh, yeah. how what was this what was the timing on them i was actually 17 seconds under on de niro z which was my first horse out of the box which shocked me because i didn't look at my watch till i was literally coming through the finish flags i just went because i knew that the time is really tight at carolina normally and i just wanted to have a really good positive round and just sort of keep the flow and not over adjust him so i was like wow but I think that led into me knowing that I could go inside the time on Fernhill by night. So I there thought, okay, let's get this done. The let's sport. have two FODs at the top there of the board. There you go. Right? Get those FODs. The sport is very much about confidence, though. And uh, clearly, like you've just said yourself, it gave you the confidence for the next horse. Um, so, you know, do, do you find riding that quantity of horses is, is helping you? I, I definitely think it helps me, 100%. Like, I, I always perform better if I'm under pressure and busy and you know just going and going and going i, f I find that it, it does help me and um i actually had a young another young horse in the class and um well just just to bring me down to earth a bit more he had a little green mistake fairly early in the course and i did i retired him so i had that in between the two but um do you know i think it, the older i get and the more experience and the more horses you have that sort of thing, it doesn't wind me up like it maybe used to. Like I knew that the horse, it was just green at a, at a very difficult coffin, probably a much stronger coffin than he'd ever seen and just jumped over the ditch a bit too round with his eyes looking down and just didn't look at the skinny quickly enough. And I just said, well, do you know what? He's a brilliant horse and he, I suppose young horses make mistakes sometimes and jump one more fence and put your hand up and save him for another day. And and then had to get straight onto Fernhill by night like literally no seconds just got him back and jumped on and thought right pull my finger out and get this done so i think um i think it, it does help just having lots of lots of things going on lots of opportunities to keep riding and pushing and learning and and the horses are all improving and, and growing as we go too and that's part of the sport isn't it indeed yes yeah. so going 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 and uh going on to uh bigger and better things in the in the u.s before you jump back on some airplanes back over here so so tell us what else is going on in in the u.s well um we've got a few big events coming up over here um one that i'm aiming to go to is uh an event called the fork but it is held at tryon um of course the hub of the world equestrian games in 2018 and uh, this will be the first event i believe they've had since weg so i haven't been here since this time last year or i haven't been there so i'm looking forward to seeing what they've done and what the course will be like. Um, at the moment, I've got three horses in the four star and two in the three star who 
probably won't be running cross country, the three star ones, because they'll be going to Ocala long format the next weekend. But just the same, it will be busy and it'll be great to sort of see what that venue has done and, and how things have come on. I mean, it is a, a fantastic venue. And then, of course, there's Fair Hill coming up. Uh, I think that's the week after. So many of the horses aimed at Kentucky will either be at Tryon or at Fair Hill. And then we have Kentucky the week before badminton. So it's it's all coming on. I've got De Niro Z going to Kentucky this year, touching wood and hoping, keeping fingers crossed and everything. I'm, I'm very excited to be going back to that amazing five-star venue. So um, it's kind of all upon us now, isn't it? Indeed, the spring is always an exciting time in the Northern Hemisphere for eventing, both in the uh, European circuit and the American circuit. And back over this side of the pond, uh, the 70th, 70 years of badminton horse stroll, oh 70th gosh. anniversary this year. And, you know, the badminton, they're doing a great job of building up the excitement into badminton this year uh, with all of the uh, history coming out. There's an amazing cross-country app course walk of, I think it's the 1969 cross-country course. Um, and, you know, anybody, I highly recommend you, you get the cross-country app on your iPhone and download the app and download the badminton course walk uh, from and take a walk back in time to 1969 i think it's 69 um and you know just amazing fences and amazing the difference but you know so much of our sport has changed so much of it hasn't uh you know and and certainly at badminton that all of those those 70 years of history is something that i'm i'm very much enjoying um badminton taking us through in the build-up to badminton you know like i say i think they're doing a, a great job of building the excitement uh, into this year's event and you know the entries are out now the 2019 entries for, for batters and uh it's i mean it's a little bit of a hint or there and this time because it's there's so many riders into this early and so many horses that just don't make it you know pick up a little injury a minor injury major injury whatever it might be all the way the run up into badminton until you know the the, the final runners are announced Announced. So, you know, the entries, although there's some some buzz around that, it, you, you sort of have to, it's a bit of a lottery really as to who's actually going to make it there. Um, so not, nobody necessarily uh, to note in that entry list uh, other than uh, all of the world's eventing superstars. I mean, who else other would you that? expect to be of at course. badminton? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think the Kentucky entries are out publicly yet it usually go they usually wait quite a long time to show those but um i actually haven't looked so we'll have to have a look pretty soon there but i know there's a lot of great riders coming over certainly from britain the likes of piggy french oliver townends um i've heard some talk about maybe william fox pitt is coming back over but i don't know for sure so i think these both these up and coming five-star events will be very very exciting indeed and um everyone should make sure that they are able to watch both on both sides of the pond because you won't want to miss them Indeed not. Thanks for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. Find the links to today's guests and the topics at eventingradio.com. Of course, you can follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. You just got to search for the Eventing Radio show. And we are on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on my various social media sites, Instagram at Liz Halliday-Sharp, on Twitter at Liz Halliday, on Facebook 
HS Eventing and also Liz Halliday. And of course, on our website, hsventing.com. And I've been Tappers in your ears, and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Tapner Eventing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>